The Kutusich is Chelik Tezvav, Vayeshev Dalid Chanukah, Lili Nishpas of Yosef Binyamin Ben Rebinasha Kaltman. What is the primary objective of learning Torah? What did the Abishter give us Torah for, and what do we accomplish when learning Torah? This is the theme of the Sicha, it is the theme of Chanukah, and it will also help us understand a Pasik in this week's Parsha. In Epirus from Pasik Vaboyreik Ein Baimoyim, the Shvatim, the brothers of Yosef, threw him into the pit, and the Pasik describes the pit was empty without water. We find in the Gemara Mesech the Shabbos in the Sugya von Chanukah. We'll, we'll get back to this in a moment. It is part, it is in the discussion, in the subject of Chanukah, in the Gemara, it brings up this Pasik. And says as follows: Rav Kana said in the name of Rav Nosan Bar Menyumi, in the name of Rav Tanchum, Why does it say the pit was empty? It had no water. I understand already from what it says that the pit was empty. I don't know that it has no water. So what do these words teach me? That it was devoid of water, but it did have snakes and scorpions in it. That's what the Gemara says. Rashi brings this as well. But Pashtus, he does as the Gemara bring the drasha for Seemingly, the fact that the Gemara brings this drasha in the sugi von Hanukkah amongst the discussion, within the discussion of Hanukkah, Therefore, well, the drasha is gizog givaren from zelben man da omar. So gizog the free yedik drasha because the the one, the author of this statement is the same one who said the previous statement. Omar of Kana, darash Rav Nosson bar Menyumi mispeder of Tanchum ner shal Chaneke. Over there, previously, it's talking about a, a menorah that is placed higher than twenty ama that it is possible. And since this was taught by the same man da omar, so therefore the Gemara brings another. Statement by the same author, even though it doesn't really fit in thematically to this to this area. But the Rebbe has spoken many times. Is yet the Indian and Everything in Teira is perfectly precise. And therefore, when the Gemara brings a sugya, if the Gemara brings a teaching in a specific sugya. It's not just for a side reason, because it has the same author, the same teacher. Rather, it's because this teaching has a thematic connection with the subject amongst which it's being brought down. In other words, therefore we must apply this to our subject. There must be a connection between the this teaching and Hanukkah. Especially according to what the Shalah writes. As the parashiyas, that these parashiyas, because Hanukkah falls out in one or two of these three, therefore they are all connected to Hanukkah. And this pasuk is in Vayeshev. So therefore it must be that this pasuk and the teaching that is brought in the Gemara in Shabbos, must somehow be connected to Hanukkah. So that's our first seif. There is one Peter is brought in the Gemara in Masechta Shabbos in the sugya of Hanukkah and Vaboy Reik Ein Mayim that it has no water but it does have snakes and scorpions and clearly there must be some connection between this and Hanukkah. Seif base. The Rebbe is going to bring another Pirush 
another explanation of the words of Abayreik and going to connect the two Pirushim. Chazal Zagin, Ein Mayim Elo Teira, that, the, that water refers to Teira. The Funes move on, from this we understand, as in Teira, when the state Mayim is as Eich Meramis of Teira. That whenever the Teira says something about water, it's also a metaphor or a reference to Teira. Especially in this Pasuk, where it says the pit was empty without water, is Mefurish Bimadrish at the Retzach Vegan Teira. The Madrish says explicitly that this is talking about Teira. The Madrish says, Boyreik, and the words of Boyreik, the boy was empty. Nisroikin Boyreishel Yaakov, the Yaakov's well was emptied, referring to his children, the well referring to where his seed would come from. And that his children were lacking water, they were lacking Torah. And as uh, we'll learn in the Sikha later what exactly it means, but uh, the Majus the, the explain, explain that the, the, the act that these, children, that these sons of Yaakov did by selling Yosef or by not knowing what Yosef's punishment should have been for the things that he had done, this showed that they were empty of Torah. So Vaboy Reik, the boy refers to, to Yaakov, uh, uh, to Yaakov's children. Aim by Moyim, Yaakov's children were lacking Torah. So we see another Pirush, on the words Vaboy Reik, Aim Moyim, referring to Torah. This is also the deeper understanding of the first Pirush, that it did not have water, but it did have snakes and scorpions. Ubefrat especially, as the Medrash bring Beide Pirushim, that the Medrash brings the two Pirushim, Aleph, Mayim, Einbeyav, on the Chosim, Akravim, Yezboy, Unbeyz, Einbeyav, Mayim, in other words, the, the, the sugya in, in Shabbos brings the brings The Gemara in Baba Kaman talks in general, not about this Vaboyrik. In general, Mayim refers to Torah. In Medrash Rebreshis Rabbah, he brings two Pirushim. Number one, Nechashim Vakrabim Yezboi. Number two, Ein Boi Mayim means Ein Boi Divrei Torah. So there's lacking words of Torah. And the Medrash brings both side by side, implying that they are connected to each other. So what's the connection between the two? And in a sense, what is the deeper meaning of Nechashim Vakrabim Yezboi? If a person is in a state that he is lacking words of Torah, he doesn't have the water of Torah, automatically he becomes filled with snakes and scorpions. There's no middle ground. The fact that he doesn't have words of Torah is not just the problem that he's void of Torah. And he could remain full with neutral things. A person whose well is empty of water, automatically the well is going to become filled with things that oppose holiness. The Rebbe didn't yet finish this. He's going to in a couple of paragraphs. But in the interim, to, 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 to bolster this pshat, the Rebbe brings an example from the Pirush of Hashem Tevafim Posig. We say this in V'hoyim Shemaya Yishamru Lechem. You should watch. You should protect yourself. V'sartem v'avadetem elekim achedim. V'sartem you'll stray. 
Vavadatem, and you will serve other gods, says the Valshemtiv, if a person separates himself from Hashem, immediately he becomes an idol worshiper. There's no middle ground, there's no intermediate space between the two. It's an automatic consequence. And their meat is mavor. On, on this same note, this will also answer a, a different question. This also will, will answer the question following this understanding that that Mayim Einboy, is saying that if you don't have Mayim, if you don't have Torah, you automatically become filled with negative things. This explains why the Torah doesn't say, tell us, why does the Torah have to say Mayim Einboy? That it has no water, and we would learn from there that it means that there were snakes and scorpions. Why couldn't the Torah say clearly? There were snakes and scorpions, but now it's understood. It's unnecessary to explain. To specify, the fact that there are snakes and scorpions is an automatic consequence of the fact that there was no water. And now to conclude this thought, which we started in the beginning of the Abishasmiz and Amatsiv. So now that we understand, on the far brain, the Medrish, the Tzvei Pirushim, and the so therefore the Medrish brings these two Pirushim one after the other. Ein Pirush is totally you must from Satan Pirush because one explains and they're interdependent in each other. The fact that it had snakes and scorpions was an automatic consequence of the fact that it was lacking water, meaning lacking Torah. And therefore it was able to lead to something that is that is contrary to Torah, to Mechidas Yosef, that ultimately Yosef was sold. In other words, here they threw into the pit, there, there was, they were planning that he should die there. And then they took him out and they sold and they sold him, which was also something that was contrary to Torah. But it all started out with the fact that aim by Mayim, aim by Divrei Torah, and therefore automatically Nechashim Vakrabim Yeshbei, it ended up something, they ended up selling Yosef something that's Heipechat Torah. So, so far we understand that there's two Pirushim, we understand that the two Pirushim are actually very strongly interconnected and they explain one another. Siv Gimel. The Chayre came in Fregen. The Rebbe is going to ask two questions in this if. I can understand the Pirish of the Baal Shem Tev on the words, and you will stray and you will serve other gods. Which is discussing the, the essential bond and connection between the Yidden and Eibishter. It's understood that if you stray, if you turn away from your relationship with Hashem, is a Shenanin Yavon it's automatically the only other thing is the opposite of that. Vavadatem. It means serving other gods. Immediately you are serving If not literal, at least in, in, in a subtle way. That turning away from Hashem automatically means that you're going against Hashem. So that makes sense. As he balances, he talking Torah. Moves b'derech l'meila v'erin amitzias for nechashim v'akravim amenagets of Torah. Here we're not talking about a relationship with Hashem. We're talking about a person that doesn't have Torah. Why? Why is it so certain that if a person doesn't learn Torah or doesn't have Torah, automatically there has to be an existence that opposes Torah? Say the person is empty, and for a while it remains empty, and we'll see what he fills it up with. 
Why is it automatic that if a person is lacking Torah, he's going to have negative energy, negative forces? That's question number one. Another question. It's known that the brothers of Yosef felt or held that according to Din, Yosef is Mechoyev Misa. Number one, Yosef was plotting against them to try to kill them. And therefore, he has the din of a raidif. Raidif literally means a pursuer. Someone's, someone who's trying to kill you. And the halacha is that if someone is trying to kill you, you're allowed to kill them first. Or other reasons. For example, one reason brought in the Irachayim is that they, that they said he had the din of an eid zaymim. That he was saying eid is to Yaakov about things that they did, either Eber Minachai or that they were engaged in adultery. And 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 uh, one aid is believed by Bnei Noyach, and therefore he was he, he was an aid zaymim, and based on the din of aid zaymim, since he wanted to, th that they should be chayiv misa, he becomes chayiv misa. So another example of other reasons that are brought in the mefarshim. Either way, they held that al pi din according to the din of Teira, Yosef is mechuyiv misa. Why does the Medrash say that? Because they wanted to kill Yosef. This meant that the, the, that the children, uh, that the well of Yaakov became empty of Teira. Which implies that the Shvatim were not considering, were not taking into consideration the teachings of Teira. When according to their opinion, they were following the way of Teira. So those are our two questions. Number one, why is it so certain that if somebody doesn't have Torah, automatically he has Nechashim Vakrabim in his life? And number two, why are we saying that the children of Yaakov engaged in a way that was against Torah, if at least in their minds, they were following the way of Torah? So to answer this question, these questions will begin, will understand Bahaktim by beginning to explain them tam was chazal fargleichen Torah tzumayim. What is the reason that Chazal compare Torah to water? Torah is compared to various different things in various different psukim and memory Chazal. For example, Lechem, there's a pasuk, referring to Torah. Torah is compared to bread. Just like bread becomes part of the person, so to Torah becomes part of the person. Then there's Yayin. In that same pasuk, it says, Ususu biyayin masachti. So again, referring to Torah, Torah is compared to wine. Uh, one of the explanations to that is that just like wine, when you taste it at first, you may not like it, but later you can uh, acquire a taste. So too with Torah, even if the first time it comes very difficult to you, nevertheless, the more you learn, the more you will acquire a taste for it. Torah is also compared to oil. And again, there's, there's various different uh, uh, things that with which Torah is compared to oil. Number one, oil gives light, and Torah gives light. Number two, oil doesn't mix with other with other uh, uh, liquids. Similarly, when Yidden learn Torah, they cannot mix with other nations. Uh, oil rises above, uh, rises above other liquids. Similarly, when a Yid learns Torah, he rises above. So there's various. Each of these comparisons, wine, oil, and bread, describe another uh, characteristic. Another parameter of Torah. 
Begin the minion for Mayim and Tater Zagin Chazal. When it comes to water, the Tater Chazal explained, Why are words of Tater compared to water? Just like water gravitates downwards, not like fire, which gravitates upwards. Water, if you put it in, the, in a high place and on a slope, it'll slope downwards. So to the words of Tera cannot be retained unless somebody is uh, is humble. He's, he's, uh, he's, feels himself low. This means that mayim water is not a metaphor for the actual for the for the essence of Torah. The water is it represents the bitul and the lowliness that is necessary when learning Torah. When lay dem is for das was the medrash anal zokt nisreikin beirishal yakov. This will answer the question with regards to the, what, what the Medrash says that the well of Yaakov was emptied, it had no Torah in it. They did, the children of Yaakov, the sons of Yaakov did have Torah and they did learn Torah. As the dinim of Torah. What they were lacking was the water of Torah, the bitl. The well was empty of water. It was empty of bittle. Later in Sivchas, the Rebbe is going to elaberate a little bit more on this. What they were lacking was the bittle relative to their stature, relative to the high level that they stood on, they, they were expected to have more bittle. Where do we see that bittle has to be proportionate to the stature of the person, as we learn, as we can understand from the bowings that have to take place during davening, which the bowings represent bitl, as they say there is, the order is, when a person says the words baruch, the word baruch, baruch ata Hashem, he bows, and when he says the word Hashem, he, he stands, he straightens out, but a king, the halacha is, that a king, once he bows, he does not straighten himself out until the end of davening. In other words, because the, the, bow, the bowing represents bittel, and the king, because he's on such a high level, he is expected to have a greater bittel, that he bows and stays bowed. Similarly, the Shvatim were on this lofty level, and therefore they were expected uh, a bittle. And when the Pasik says, it's saying they were lacking the bittle. Earlier we asked the question, what's the hechnech? Why is it so certain that if a person is lacking Torah, automatically there's nechashim v'akrab? Now that question becomes even stronger now. How could you say that if there's no water, automatically there's no chashim v'akrabim? So the dem alein was by Mlimud felt blows their bittel v'shiflos. So by inventing the mitzvahs for the chashim v'akrabim, I'm not going to say Just because he's lacking bittel or lacking shiflos to feel low, this should automatically create the existence of snakes and scorpions, something that opposes the, 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 the idea of Torah. If you were to tell me that if a person didn't learn any Torah, automatically he's creating space for Nechashim Vakrabim, even that we asked on. Why? Why is it automatic? But here is more than that. 
person is not lacking Torah. He's lacking the bittel when learning Torah. So are you saying that automatically it creates Nechashim Vakramim because of the lack of bittel? They're beard in them. So in Sifei and on, the Rebbe is going to explain why bittel is so fundamental to the learning of Torah. And this will answer this question, why Mayim Einboi in the Chashim Vakrabim Yezboi is an automatic consequence. Um, and it will also answer our questions to understand uh, uh, the, the questions that we asked in the beginning of the Sikha. Meaning to say, the question that we had, uh, um, I, mean, I mean, we started answering this question uh, uh, that Yasef's, uh, the question was Yasef's brothers were, were acting al pitaira in, in, in their minds. So, so we already answered that they were lacking bittel, but we'll understand that a little bit better. Additionally, we also asked the question, we also asked the question, what, uh, uh, um, how to connect, like we just spoke, how to connect in an automatic way, once we understand why Bittl is so important, we'll understand the connection. This is the, this is the key. The, the primary aspect, or the primary goal of learning Torah is that through the learning of Torah, we connect with the Neusen HaTorah, with the giver of the Torah, meaning the Ebishter. And therefore, learning therefore bitul and shiflus, bitul feeling low, is a fundamental, is a primary condition in this in this process. If a person is his own his own entity, he's is limited to the to the limitations to the boundaries of a created being. And therefore, he, he can't connect to the Abishter who is infinite. The person is limited; he can't reach the, the the unlimited. But when the learner, person learning, is in a mode, in a state of total bittal, and thus goes out of his own personal boundaries and limitations, only then can he reach the, the, the infinite level, the limitlessness of the Abishter who gave the Torah. So this is a very, very fundamental thing. And that is, is that the person is trying to reach something that's out of his reach. So as long as he's only using his own powers and his own strengths to reach that, he's never going to reach it because it's not in his reach. But once he recognizes that it's out of his reach and he subjugates or subdues himself to the Eibishter, then he's able to reach beyond himself and to reach to the Neisnater. That's what Bittal does. Bittal allows the person to go outside of his own limitations and reach the Neshnat At this point, the Rebbe is going to explain two things uh, uh, with regards to learning Torah, two aspects with regards to, to learning Torah that are, that are understood because of this foundation, because of this rule uh, or this concept that the ultimate goal is to reach the Neshnat Torah and therefore you need to have Bittal. This will explain to us two very beautiful ideas uh, in, 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 in learning Torah. Number one, what we're going to understand is the order in this request that we say every day in a May my soul be like dust to all. Open my heart to your Torah. Why does it have to be understood? Because seemingly there's a very very basic question. Learning a Torah. It's got to be with a passion. You have to be excited about it. 
And also, you have to understand what you're learning. Both passion or excitement, as well as understanding and intellect, only, only can happen if his seichel and his other faculties are, are recognized. Whereas, when he says, may my soul be like dust to all, he's breaking and negating his existence. Seemingly a contradiction to the passion and excitement in learning Torah. If you say, it means, means no seichel, no midas. So if there's no midas, there's no excitement, there's no passion, there's no seichel, there's no understanding. How do you reconcile the two? How can you say, I want to be so. I want to be so uh, like dust that 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 negates my seichel, my midas, and at the same time say I want to learn Torah with a passion and with understanding. But but now now that we understand the importance of bittel, we now understand what 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 we're saying. When can my heart be opened to your Torah? To recognize that it's your Tehidah. When can he be a receptacle? To receive the Tehidah, the Abishtah's Tehidah, which is infinite. Only if it's, only if, if prior to that, he starts out with a total bitl, nitstam bitl, not just a regular bitl, nor ka'ofar lakoy like dust, but ha'koyl doshin love, which everybody tramples on the dust, which is a total uh, negation of his existence. Through this bitl, he becomes ready, prepared. To be able to receive the Abishas Tera. And then only then kumt yagaita the toil durkta yegias adam besichlay when a person toils and works hard with his seichel nemter tirosa shalakaz baruchu then he could receive the Abishas Tera durkta nekeches apnimiyim through his personal uh, uh, faculties psachlibi besedasecha my heart my passion my understanding open it up for your Tera but that can only happen once you started out with bittul. So if you started with Pesach Libi, then you wouldn't be able to get anywhere. You're able to, only able to learn as much as your mind can grasp. But when you go to start out with Nafshi Kofor Lakeltia, you start out with the Bittel. Once you have the Bittel, then you can connect to the Abishtas Teda. Then you could bring down this Abishtas Teda even into Libi, even into your personal Seichel and Mithis. That's one thing that we understand based on this, uh, based on this importance of Bittel. Sivov is going to, to focus on another point. This will answer a perplexing concept that we find by learning Torah. Which is, as in Dibur from Torah, that speaking words of Torah have an advantage over understanding Torah. Where do we see this? Their din is, Somebody is just thinking words of Torah, but not saying them, not articulating them, he does not have to make birchas Vile here, like Because halacha rules that thinking is not like speaking. Un, another halacha, similar halacha. Kol masha loymed behirur levat, anything that a person learns, behirur by thinking. Which he could have articulated in words, and he didn't. And he didn't. He is not fulfill his mitzvah of learning Torah. 
The Al Terebe, one of the sources for this is Al Terebe, Hilchos Tamatayra, he's saying in the beginning of the Allah, he's saying that a person should always read it out loud. Whether it's Mikre, whether it's Mishnah, whether it's Talmud, a person should always read the words of Taira out loud. And then he says, because if you didn't say the words out loud and you could have, you do not fulfill the mitzvah of learning Taira. Nochmer, let's go a step further. The Havonu von Taira is verbunden mit dem von Taira. To understand Taira properly, it is dependent on the words of Taira. Chazal teaches on the Pasik, they are life to those who find them. The words of Torah are a life source to those who find them. Say this as the Gemara. Instead of reading the words, which means to their finder, read to those who express them with words, those who articulate them with words. In other words, you want to learn Torah and understand the Torah well, the best way to do so is by saying out the words. Un, and then there's another Gemara over there. The Gemara over there is, is, is talking about Bruria, the wife of Reb Meir. She saw a Talmud who was learning in a whisper. So uh, she kicked him. And she said to him, there's a Pasuk, Arucha Bakoilushmura. If it's organized in everything, then it's, it's secured. So she told him that if you, if, the, if, you, if you learn the Taira with all of your limbs, you use your whole body to learn Taira, then then the Taira is secured, it's preserved. But if not, if you're just whispering it and it seems like it's something that's coming off your lips and it's not something that's taking, that's permeating your body, it, it, it is not secure. So we see, uh, uh, we see number one, the first half of the paragraph tells us that you're not yoytzu, your mitzvah, and you can't make a bracha for learning Torah unless you're saying words. And the second half of the paragraph is telling us if you want to truly understand Torah, you need to use words. Now comes the question. If a person is learning and he doesn't understand what he's saying. This is not considered learning. When learning the whole purpose is to understand. The why is it so important to say out the words? And so much so that if, if the words, if the uh, verbal Articulation is lacking. He's late. Not only you don't have to make a bracha. You don't fulfill the mitzvah of learning Torah. Not only do you not yitzchak your mitzvah. Not only do you not make a bracha, but the Torah that you did learn, that you did understand, won't won't remain. It won't be retained. In other words, what is so powerful about the words, about the dibur? Over the Havana without words, over understanding without words. Is the Azbaru in them? So now that we now that we understand what we said earlier, that the idea of Torah is to connect to the nation of Torah, now we'll understand why words are so important. The whole uh, uh, the most important part of Torah is the is the bond that we have with the Abishta, the giver of the Torah. And therefore, when you learn Torah, it should be done in a way that the grasp and understanding of it is need It shouldn't be limited to the to the um finite understanding of a created being. Nor vi does is mitzada kodesh 
When you learn Teda, even the part that you do understand, you shouldn't suffice by understanding it on a human level. You should understand it on the level of the Eibishter, which the Eibishter, the, the, the perspective of the Eibishter. And here he adds a very, very important detail about learning Teda. The is move on. The first detail that Rebbe has brought up here, the Rebbe was saying that you need Bittel as a Hakdom, as a preparation to learning Teira. Here the Rebbe says that's not enough. It's not enough to learn Teira, to learn as a to have Bittel as a preparation. Nor they learn in a lane, Muzayin and Nathan from Bittel. The learning itself has to be also in a state of bittel. And therefore it has to be articulated in words. And it has to be, has to be, has to permeate. It has to utilize. It has to be spread out in all of the limbs of the body. What's Pshat? What's the connection? dimension. When a person learns Torah only with his own seichel, which seichel, by the way, is the highest quality of the human being, nevertheless, even though he uses his best quality to learn Torah, he still remains within his own person, within his own existence. And he cannot grasp the Torah of the Ebishter. And the Rebbe brings a very interesting uh, uh, um Comparison. A marshal from an elephant going through the eye of a needle. In the Gemara in Baruchas, the Gemara says over there that a person dreams at night of that which he thought about during the day. And therefore something that you don't think about during the day will not end up in your dreams. And the Gemara gives an example. That's why a person does not dream about an elephant going through the eye of a needle because since it is impossible, uh, since it, I'll just finish, since it is impossible, therefore a person can't even dream about it. So the Rebbe now uses that as a very interesting comparison. Madoch apil. it is a mugbo. Madoch elephant, an elephant. That despite the fact that it is a limited Human be a limited creation. Since the eye of the needle is smaller than the elephant, it is impossible for the elephant to go into the eye or through the eye of the needle. It is so impossible that it can't even show up in a dream. How much more so Teira that is connected with the Eibishter. Teira is one of the things that the Eibishter takes personal pleasure from it. Shishuei means like, a, like something that you play with. Something that you have pleasure from. With Eibishter in his essence. So certainly it can't enter into the limited seichel, into the limited uh, uh, intellect of the human being. And therefore it cannot be retained. It cannot last by the person. As he is in his limited state. As the Gemara finishes over there after the story of Brudia, as Talmidecha, the Rebbe had a student, used to learn in a whisper, and after a few years, he forgot what he was learning, because it was all about his seichel, 
And the fact that he was showing the balachash, the fact that he was whispering, it means that that it was something that hadn't that hadn't permeated him uh, beyond his seichel, and therefore, and therefore uh, uh, he, he he didn't connect to anything beyond. But when you connect the learning with your mouth, and even even lower than that, with the other limbs of the body, which they are lower than seichel, which as we said before, seichel is the highest quality of the person. The limud is in a way that a person descends, goes down lower from his stature from his high from his high point and it permeates all of his 248 limbs is this negates his own existence only then can the abyss infinite become absorbed in him in a permanent in a, in a deep way then his teda is protected So, the Rebbe established for us that the Iker of learning Torah is the connection with Hashem, with the Nesna Torah. And therefore, when we learn Torah, it doesn't suffice to learn Torah the way we understand it. We have to learn Torah as the Nesna Torah has given it to us. So we have to go outside of our limitations. And in order to go outside of our limitations, we have to have Bittu. Both as a preparation to learning Torah. And also while we're learning, we have to bring the learning down into words and into, into, the, into our avarim, uh, into our limbs, so that it's not just about what I understand, but it's the words, saying words. People say Tehillim, or, people, or words that sometimes a, a, pers a person repeats. A person doesn't understand what they're saying. It sometimes feels empty. So... Why does it feel empty? Because, because you're not connecting to it. But when you're learning Torah with words, what you're doing is you're saying the lowest part of me is learning Torah. It's not about what I could understand and grasp. It's about me learning Torah. And once, it's, once you have that bittel, I said me, me sounds like not bittel, but once a person is learning Torah, even with his, with his just with, not just, but with seichel, but also he uses his mouth, and he uses his other evarim, which means that he's learning with a bittel, then and only then can the Torah remain with him, because he's able to reach outside of his limitations and reach Torah. In Sivches, we're going to go back to our questions. We said, what's the hechlich? That it, just because Especially if you say that it means bittel. So just because a person is lacking bittel automatically, it means he has nechashim v'akrabim. That was our question. Now I'll understand. I'll please, that's very good for good for standing. It's well understood that Maimer Chazal Maim Ein Bayav Nechashim V'Akrabim Yesbei. Who can all the Pirush and them as Eib Nor Maim Ein Bayav B'Derech Mamele Nechashim V'Akrabim Yesbei. As we explained earlier, that if he has, if he doesn't have water, automatically Nechashim V'Akrabim. Since, as we said at length throughout the Sikha, that the, the primary goal of Torah is to connect with the Neis which comes to the Bittal of the learner. Therefore, there's no room for a middle ground, for a neutral space. 
Oder bei ihm ist da der Bittel zum nächsten Atere und dann muss er mich haben in sein Limut Lamitas Asultere, wie sie ist der Ratzen von dem nächsten Atere. Either he has the Bittel and then his learning is aligned with the truth of Tere, as is the will of the Abishter, the giver of the Tere. Oder, or if he lacks the bittle, then he lacks a connection to the giver of the tater. As we said before, it's a kalvachemer from the fact that an elephant can go into the eye of the needle. How much more so a, 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 a yid without bittle cannot the tater cannot go inside it, inside that yid. And therefore, like we said before, in the name of the Baal that if you turn away from Hashem immediately, you're, 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 you're serving idols. So too, if, if you don't have the shaykhs to the nice natera, the connection to the Ebishter, automatically that space is filled with something else. Not only that he can't connect to the Teira. You won't find Teira by the arrogant people. Nor there is their meat oicha menagil suktusha. Nuchashim va'akrabim represent the fact that he, by, by not having bittul, he opposes the holiness, the sanctity of Torah. Ukmaimer Chazal, as Chazal tell us, Ein anivu yucherin loder ba'elam, the person that is arrogant, he and I, meaning the Abishter and that person, cannot dwell in the same world. So automatically he's pushing the Abishter out with his arrogance. Unachmar, even more than that, kilu eved ve'des kichavim, in, in, in the Gemara in Saita, uh, Rabbi Shimon ben Yechai says that somebody that has arrogance, and the Rambam says, anybody that, 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 uh, that has an arrogant heart is denying the existence of Hashem, which is which is the very definition of idolatry. So, if you don't, now it makes perfect sense. If you don't have bittel, then you have arrogance. If you have arrogance, not only is there no room for Tater in your life, not only is there no room for the Abishter in your life, but you're actually denying the existence of the Abishter and you're serving idols. Visartem vavadatem. That answers the first question. And this is the conclusion of the answer with regards to the brothers of Yasef. As Nisraikin Bedishal Yankiv ain't by Divrita, that Yaakov's well was emptied, his children didn't have Tater. And we asked the question, they were operating according in their mind, according to the rules of Tera. So he says, exactly. They weren't lacking the learning of Tera. That which they did, as far as they were concerned, they were following the din. But, but compared to their level, they were lacking the mayim, their bittel. They were lacking the proper bittel to learning for their level. And because of that, ultimately, their ruling with regard to Yesus' punishment was incorrect. They made a mistake. They thought they were going out pitayda, but they made a mistake. Why did they make a mistake? Because they were lacking bittel. So, and from this we see how vital and how important the bittel is to learning Torah and to be mechavin lamitasa shal Torah to your align your learning to, to the truth of Torah as is the Ratzon of the Ebishter it only works if you have bittel so Ad Khan is, is the deeper and, and, and rich 
explanation in understanding the two pshatim in this pasuk, either nechashem v'akrabim yeshboi or divrei teira einboi, and the way we explained it that there one is if you don't have mayim automatically, if you don't have teira automatically, you have nechashem v'akrabim, and we explained that the nece- that that the, that the necessity is bittul because the whole goal is to connect to the nation not teira, and for that you need bittul. And therefore, if a person doesn't have bittul, then he can't reach the essence of the Torah. And therefore, um, um, automatically, it will allow, it, it creates a, a space for arrogance, which allows, uh, though, which allows the forces that oppose Torah, it actually brings a person to Aveda Zara. And this explains also why Yosef, why Yosef's brothers, what was so terrible with what they did, they were lacking bittul. Ain by means they were lacking the bittul to learning Torah, and therefore they came to the wrong conclusion with regards to Yosef's punishment. In Sif Tess, the Rebbe is going to explain to us um, that this bittul that is necessary for learning Torah begins primarily at the time of Matan Torah when Abisha gave the Torah. The Sipurim Fununzer Parshavag and the Murois from Yosef and Tana Brider. These stories in the parsha of Yosef and the brothers, are a preparation to Golos Mitzrayim. Golos and Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Because the fact that Yosef was sold, led ultimately, eventually, that Yaakov and his sons should go down to Mitzrayim. And then later they left. And the whole goal of Golos Mitzrayim and Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim was Matan Teireh. Similarly, with regards to this concept, this discussion that we had, that there was no water, there was no Torah. But there were Nechashim Vakrabim, things that opposed Torah. Was the Torah learned to us in the Parsha, which is being taught to us in this Parsha. And thus, as Nagiyat, some Klolosinian for Matan Torah, this is relevant to the whole concept of Matan Torah. But on the Rinya for Mayim Shibetayra, the Bittl was Father Zikman Lehmet, Bechtetsu Vabidin Zikman Lehmet, Natayra, because this bit Mayim, this water that we're talking about, which is the Bittl that is necessary that the learner should have in order to connect with the Nesh Natayra, Hadzik Biikir Ufkiton Bamatan Torah primarily was accomplished at Matan Torah. Rebbe explains. The Chilik Tvishin, the Limut Atayra from the Aves Far Matan Torah, and the Limut Atayra from the Bonim. What is the difference between the Torah that was learned by the Ovis? As we know, that the Ovis, I think the Rebbe is going to mention that in a moment. Yes, that the Ovis learned Torah. And then, of course, after Matan Torah, their descendants learned Torah. What is the difference? Fire Matan Torah is the Limud given Before Matan Torah, the learning was with, with a person's own strengths. But Because it wasn't a mitzvah, it wasn't a commandment from the Ebeshter. The person can only reach as far as a person can reach. The accomplishment of Matan Teireh was that the Ebeser gave us the Teireh. The Teireh vizi is Teireh, the essence of the Teireh, as the Ebeser takes pleasure from it, in his, in his very essence, was given to every single Yid. We understand the Reich from Psak, as Yeder Yid, when Yedin Tog, is Mechuyev, Zagim Birch HaTeireh. As is understood, from the from the halacha that every single year, every single day has to say birchas Why he says because the teira was given to every single yid, and therefore every yid could reach which didn't exist before matan teira. Before matan teira was only teira say of the person as the per- as far as the person can reach. After matan teira, the abyss gave every single yid the ability to reach Before we conclude this nukuda. We're going to uh, elaborate on it. 
Does it say Chabir in the Maimer Chazal? But Chilo Yamei Shalei Matero Meshakcha. I should not leave Matana. Which will explain the Maimer Chazal that says that at the beginning says the pasuk Vayitn El Moshe Kechaloisay. Abraham gave the luchas to Moshe Rabbeinu. So Chazal say at first Moshe was learning Torah and he kept on forgetting it until the Torah Vayitn Loi Torah was given to him as a present. But the Chayyim is Tamua. Eich Farmat Matan Torah Megillah and Torah. Even before Adam Teda, they were learning Teda. Certainly they didn't forget what they learned. Otherwise you can't call it a yeshiva. A yeshiva is a place where you learn Teda, which you're going to retain. So why is it that after Matan Teda, Moshe was forgetting the Teda? You would think before Matan Teda, which was sort of, they were sort of uh, in the dark in a certain sense because it was coming from themselves, maybe they would forget it. No, it's fakert. The office learned Torah and didn't forget. Moshe, who's after Matan Torah, is forgetting Torah. No, the beard in them. The limit for Matan Torah is given in the beginning of Torah, because it's better Learning of Torah before Matan Torah was Torah as it is limited to creation. It was a smaller Torah. And therefore it was able to be absorbed on an internal level because it was, was, was less to absorb. Which a created being cannot grasp it on his own level. And the Ramesha was forgetting it. That if that if the Torah is not learned in a way with a, with a proper bittel, it cannot be retained. So Moshe was trying to reach the higher level of Torah, but he was coming from the wrong place, so to speak. And therefore he was forgetting it. The Abishter gave his infinite Torah, the Torah Sosa Shalakal is Baruchu. To Moshe Rabbeinu, and Chazal teach us that whenever someone gives, they, they give generously. He gave it as a gift. A gift doesn't come because you paid for it. A gift comes beyond anything you deserve. So the Ebishter took this Torah that's beyond uh, uh, limitations and gave it over to a limited creature. Every single yid has the ability to internalize the Torah and to retain it. Because he gave us his Torah. So the Torah of aftermath and Torah is much bigger, which is why initially Moshe couldn't grasp it. But then the Abishter gave the Matana a gift that even though it was so big, it should still be understood, grasped by the created being, by Moshe or the Yidin, and therefore it's possible. But on the other hand, Bittel is still necessary. In other words, just because the Abishter gave it to us does not negate the necessity of Bittel. Because since the whole concept is that person should work for something, not that it should come as, as free bread, as a free lunch. Therefore, the person has to do something on his end to make him worthy to some degree at least to be able to grasp the person's what the person do on his part, the bitl. In other words, 
even with bittel, if the Abishter decided to not give it to you, then you could you, you wouldn't get grasp anything. But the Abishter gave it to us. And and he gave it to us as a present. We have to do is we have to do our part. This is the bittel. And when we have our bittel and we have the gift of the Abishter, together we can we can we can uh, grasp the Teda, the Teda of Aftermath and Teda, which are the Biltigvul, the, the infinite part of Teda, the unlimited, the limitless part of Teda, which is what was given to us by, by Mount and Teda. So this took us to the next step that not only is this a concept in general, but this is something that is was given to us by Matan Teda, the ability to be able to grasp the highest levels of Teda as long as we do the bittel from our part. In Sif Yud, which is the last Sif of the Sicha, we're going to go back to the concept of Hanukkah. Remember, in the beginning of the Sicha, the Rebbe pointed out that this Beireik Ein Beimoyim is taught inside the Sugya of Hanukkah in, in the Gemara and Shabbos. And we said that they must be connected. Um, because nothing that's in Torah is by, is by chance. So what's the connection between and Hanukkah? But now that we understand this concept of, of Bittol and the fact that, that, that there is a part of Torah that is Baruch Hu, that is higher than a person could reach without the Abister's gift, without the Bittol, we can now understand the connection to Hanukkah. Now we'll understand this and we'll not know why it's brought in, in the sugya. It's known that it's explained the Lashon, the, 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 uh, the, 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 the expression in the Nusach and that the evil uh, Greek kingdom stood up. To make them forget your Teda. As the Yuvanim of Givot Machet Vagessen Ba'idin need the Etzim Chachma Vesechel from Teda. Uprising Zephon Limit of Teda Bechlau. They weren't trying to make Eden forget the intellectual part of Teda. That they shouldn't learn Teda at all. Now, thus was Teda is Teda Secha, Teda Sashem. What the Greek wanted to do was break away the Eden from the fact that this is the Abishter's Teda that is your Teda. When the that's why they defiled the oil. They didn't destroy it, they just defiled it. For Shemin is the beginning of Chachma. Shemin represents Chachma. What they wanted to do is not to get rid of wisdom. They wanted to take away the holiness out of the wisdom. They agreed that Yidin should retain the oil, the wisdom, the learning of Torah. They wanted it to be un- impure, defiled oil. It should not be something that is being done because of the holiness of Torah, because of a connection to the Abish, the giver of Torah. Which was one of the reasons why the Abishra made a miracle that they should find the, the, the pure oil. Even though they were allowed to use the defiled oil, because the halacha is that if the, 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 the whole tzibur is tummy, or if the tumor affects the tzibur, you're allowed to do something even that's tummy. Because the victory of Hanukkah consists of the fact that it should be holy oil. It should be pure oil. It should be something that the learning should be imbued with the fact that it's the, the holiness of Teda, the Abish's Teda. As we explained at length in the Sicha, that only through the Bittel, 
uh, of, to the to the Abishter, can you be protected from the snakes and the scorpions? Al in that meaning from Chanukah. Similarly, in the in the in the concept of Chanukah, as Davka directed Adlaka for Nidus Chanukah only by kindling the pure oil to light the 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 the, the, the lamps of Chanukah. Vert Karli the Rigli the Tarmudoi Tarmud Oisius Meredes. This finishes off. This stops. The literally means the feet of the Tarmudoi people that would uh, that would hang out in the in, in, in the streets. So the Gemara says that when they're not there anymore, that's the, the uh, end of Menorah lighting time. So Hasidus explains Tarmud Oisius Meredes. The words Tarmud, the word Tarmud is the same letters as the word Meredes, which means the the, the rebel. That the, the candles of Hanukkah stop the feet of the rebels. As long as you're lacking the purity of the oil, the recognition that the Tater is the Abishter's Tater, there's still room to rebel against the Abishter, which as we connect it back to the Balshemtiv, when you're lacking the Bittul, then there's a union of of Merida, rebelling in the Abishter. But when you have the Shem and Toir, the pure olive oil, and you light the candles of Hanukkah on the outside of your house, so that it illuminates the outside, this ends this rebellion. Even from the streets, from the place where rebellion usually grows. Betachas hashleimus entirely, as meizin gansen mechala dominion from meredes nafilu deriglu detamadoy bchinas ayesa tachtena that we totally finish off, we totally end the concept of rebellion, even the feet of the rebels, meaning even the lowest level of rebellion. Everything is is overcome by the light of the menorah and by the purity of the menorah, by the fact that it's the abishtes teira to the point that we could illuminate the darkness of the Golos, and we can bring down the Geula HaMitis Vashlema Bekar of Mamesh.